Hi, today is January 23rd. Welcome to the Theta Gang Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGang.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Boeing, NVIDIA, and AMD. Thanks. Okay, so let's just quickly talk about GameStop because that just seems like the topic that everyone's been talking about, especially Wall Street bets. And um, just looking through, GameStop was halted on Friday after reaching 69 or 70%. And, um, you know, it had gone down from after the halt, but we'll see if GameStop goes up or down at open. Um, the sentiment on Wall Street bets from when I was reading it, um, there are a few uh, popular posts uh, telling you to diamond hands it <laughs> in case if it goes flat. But uh, this is just a reminder that, you know, if you are incredibly up on a position, you owe it to yourself to make sure that you understand what would happen if the price were to continue going up, uh, <laughs> continue to go flat, or if it starts reversing. You need to come up with a scenario with multiple price points. Like, for example, GameStop is trading at $65 right now. On Monday open, or even before that, Sunday, because right now, yeah, today is Saturday. Before Monday open, if you get a chance to hear this before Monday open, what would be best is you come up with a plan for if GameStop, you know, went up to $70, if GameStop opened at $65, or if GameStop gapped down to $60. You need to have price points and actions based on prices before the market opens because what's going to happen is you're going to get very emotional you just say for whatever reason you know gamestop opens at 70 dollars that's great your calls are doing great but then starts reversing very hard because maybe some people are taking profits market manipulators are in all that good stuff um and then you're start you're going to start to hold it because you were just up right in the am it, the market opened, you felt great, GameStop opened to $70, but now it's at 60, now it's at 59, now it's at 57, 55, 54. You're still up, but you just had a taste of what it was like at 70, and then now you're gonna hold it, and then your mind is gonna switch from uh, you know, getting out with a profit to just breaking even, then suddenly it's gonna start turning into something, what I've done before is, you know what, this is not a lot of money. I don't really care if this goes to zero. I'm just gonna hold it to expire. I'm gonna diamond hands this thing. That is like 80% of what Wall Street Bets does is they get incredibly up on a position. Then as it starts going down, they fail to take a profit. And then they justify the very end with, you know what, this is not a lot of money I put in anyway. I'm gonna hold it till the end. And that's where you get the lost porn. So just as a healthy exercise, if you have a lot of calls like say for example the you have a large amount of contracts like a a large quantity then you know consider you know maybe taking some out um of to you know cash in your principal and then play with house money or if you don't have that many contracts you know stay in but like stay in with a purpose like understand what your goal is on this position because if you don't have a lot of money it's important for you not to blow up because if you blow up one time, you're gonna get used to the whole feeling of reloading your portfolio, and it's just not gonna be good. Um, you are gonna get in a cycle where you're just putting your paycheck to gamble on one large play, 
GameStop is a very, very rare instance where peop- a lot of people are making money and you're gonna see a lot of like really cool gains on Wall Street Bets. Like I'm not gonna take that away from anybody, but you know, if you're a smaller size portfolio, um, you wanna make sure that you set yourself up for success and you keep trading fun and you keep trading in an everyday activity that you can enjoy. Don't get yourself in a hole or um, you know into debt for something that's you know that has a lot more risk on it now than ever. Um, not to say again, don't play GameStop uh, because I think you should if you want to. No one should tell you otherwise, but just be careful. And that's just what all I want to say. Just kidding. I just remembered. So I'm on Twitch right now at Twitch.tv/realthetagang with the chat. Um, we're having a pretty productive conversation about like why GameStop is here and what, what and you know going through online Google just everything. Um, so GameStop having uh, Chewy's founder Ryan Cohen take up three board seats is it probably is like a huge deal apparently for GameStop um, because uh, he's very into high growth transformative change for companies. And so transforming GameStop from a brick and mortar store to an e-commerce store is something that you probably want to do some due diligence on your own with. Um, and uh, there's always talk about the gamma squeeze, about uh, a influx of demand, a greater influx of demand for the buying side of call options is something you want to do some due diligence on. Um, and just probably looking at um, what I'm seeing here with their price to sales ratio uh, their forward price to sales ratio of 2019 and how that relates to their goals of 2020. If you read that um, for 2020, if you read that on their um, uh, earnings statements, that you can do due diligence on that. So, for just to end this GameStop rant, um, just be responsible. I've given you a few points that you want to look up on your own. If you feel like you know you want to do some of your own due diligence, uh, because that's what always makes me feel good about my positions. Um, is that you know when I do my own due diligence, I know that I'm not in because of anybody else. Uh, I'm in on my own accord, and that helps me in case of a downturn or a reversal, right? Imagine if tomorrow um, or you know on Monday we gap down, not because of GameStop, not because of some uh, you know some like earnings report, but we gap down because there's a new coronavirus strain or you know, something where, you know, China war tensions or, you know, China trade war tensions, something at a macro level makes it go down. You need to make sure you're in the position because you understand your position and you know why you're in it. Um, Because when you start going into Reddit discussion threads and you start asking people, oh, should I sell this? You're already doomed, right? Like you can't Suscept yourself to be in that scenario, so just prepare for that scenario. And any other outcome of Monday open will not take you by surprise. In fact, it'll probably just be infinitely better. Okay, um, for this episode, I want to do something um, a little not different, but I just want to add a little segment here from a nice email that I got. Um, I'm gonna keep uh, his or her name uh, anonymous here, and I'm just gonna read it. And some of these emails are like the best ones that I get. Um, so I don't know. I just thought I'd give them a little bit of showtime here. Um, it reads, good afternoon. Today marks the day that I've recovered all my losses from my horrible trading practices before discovering options writing. And soon after that, finding thetagang.com, giving me a place to record my trades that can't be changed, deleted, or manipulated after entry has helped me immensely by forcing me to be honest to myself about my trades. 
It's even helped me by making sure I don't close too early for fear of posting a loss onto my profile. I know that sounds like a bad thing, but I have an issue with closing losers too early, even if there is no intrinsic value. Even now, I still hold only I still only hold positions for under three days. I'm getting more comfortable seeing red because I know there's no intrinsic value in my options, and now that I have enough capital, I can make plays on stocks I would love to own anyway. It makes the whole experience less stressful. Thank you for making Theta Gang. It really helped me achieve my goals and much quicker than I expected. Once a spot in your Patreon opens up on a blah 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 blah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that plug here. <laughs> have a have a great weekend. Blank. So congrats to Blank, and uh, I'm happy that you know you can find the platform useful and to make your trades uh, more succinct or more purposeful, right? Like it feels good when you start logging your trades and um, you just start seeing what works and what doesn't, and you even get to see like. If you put a note when you open it, you get to almost have like a time machine and see how you were feeling back then compared to you feel now. And uh, there's this really cool moment where if you're about to <laughs> close the trade for a loss, you open up the trade, you get ready to log it, and you're like, you know what? I was so bullish on this, and you know, just seeing the red might have spooked me. And so you decide to stay in, you stay in with your gut. And a lot of short options or a lot of options that you sell turn green. Uh, near the end of expiration as you know uh, volatility and or volatility might go up or down but as time premium goes out uh, the option becomes less and less valuable so you're there's more of a chance for you to go green though you do have to watch out for like you know gamma risk but that's not something I could go into but again congrats to blank thank you for sending me the really thoughtful email and uh, yeah this is just a um, this is just a segment on the show that I want to have for people that you know want to stay motivated in trading responsibly. I know I just talked about GameStop, but I felt like that was just such a current event I needed to talk about it. But this is uh, a you know someone that's not even a patron. This is just a regular listener that just uh, took the time another day to send me a really thoughtful email, um, you know, telling us about or me, but I'm sharing it um, about their experience about you know, turning the corner um, when it comes to like getting your trades uh, organized or uh, trades better, trades, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trades more in line, I guess. Trading with a plan. Trading with a plan um, coming from trading without a plan feels so much better. And I love the part where he says, uh, it makes the whole experience less stressful. Cause that is absolutely something that I, um, I vibe with but also that I you know uh, say in discord or say on patreon is that you need to make sure that you are trading uh, stress-free or as with little stress as possible uh, and that means you know don't open up too many contracts where you feel like you can't manage all your positions don't uh, you know your position size has to be accurate don't put too much in one position where it would you know destroy your portfolio if it goes either way because that leads to stress right then you're worrying about that ticker going up and down um also just writing for contracts for companies that you genuinely like so that assignment is less stressful which is the exact example that uh blank has uh described so lots of pluses um and you know that whole patreon thing like don't worry about joining patreon um uh, I didn't join anyone's Patreon. I didn't join anybody's service. I think anybody listening to this doesn't need to join 
any service. There's lots of good free content on YouTube, on Google, on Reddit. Um, and it's really just reserved for people that, you know, want a little bit more, but really I'm not going to go into it because that's not what this is all about. So going to go into the next segment. Okay, uh, 12 minutes in and we are just now getting to earnings. This is a little bit different than uh, a regular episode. I'm just going to name off this earnings whispers chart. There's quite a bit of earnings this week um, and we'll just go down the line here. Um, nothing really notable on Monday, but before open on Tuesday of Johnson & Johnson, um, 3M, Lockheed Martin, and Verizon, as well as American Express. After close on Tuesday, you have AMD, Microsoft, Starbucks, and Texas Instruments. Before open on Wednesday, you have Boeing and uh, I, I guess Anthem and AT&T. After close on Wednesday, you have Apple, Tesla, and Facebook, as well as ServiceNow. Before open on Thursday, you have American Airlines Group, McDonald's, MasterCard, McCormick, Southwest, and Altria. Um, and Oh, as well as Northrop Gunman. Uh, after close on Thursday, you have Visa. And before open on Friday, you have Caterpillar and Chevron, as well as Honeywell. There are a few notable things for this because airlines have technically reported already last week with United Airlines. Um, Boeing has already been taking a hit. Uh, we'll see if Boeing continues to go down, especially on their bad report. Lockheed Martin and Northrop Gunman report this week. Uh, Lockheed Martin um, reports first, so if you want to play options on uh, government contracts or defense, you want to be playing Lockheed because Lockheed reports first. Um, AMD also reports, but with Intel having reported last week, um, it's already had some effect as well as um, NVIDIA, right? Usually Texas Instruments, in my experience, has always reported before everybody else leading the way for semis, but it seems like AMD and Texas Instruments are reporting on the same day. This is a also a big week in general for uh, tech. There's just Facebook, Tesla, Apple, AMD, uh, you name it. Um, also, if you want to play finance options, uh, MasterCard reports before Visa, uh, and that's before open on Thursday versus after close on Thursday. Uh, just looking around here, nothing else I think that I want to mention, but uh, just remember the rule of, oh, sorry, actually with that whole finance thing, American Express um, reports before open on Tuesday, before MasterCard and Visa, which is on Thursday. So if you want to play finance or you know credit, you would play American Express first. Um, just as a reminder, earnings are incredibly dangerous. It doesn't matter how well a company does, the price can still go down, even if, again, the company kills it because there's profit taking, market manipulators, you name it. Um, and I think that is it. Big week this week. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, standing on the sidelines. At least that's what I'll probably be doing. I, again, have shares that I mentioned earlier in this podcast in uh, AMD. My Apple shares just recently got called away, because, and then I reinvested those into NVIDIA. Um, yeah, just a fun week. We'll see how it all plays out.
All right. Um, the stock tracker profit loss algorithm is fixed. Uh, I want to say thank you to the patron Shifty and just a normal regular fan, uh, Dario the Barber, uh, for sending me emails, among with other people as well. I remember earlier this month, there were a handful of emails um, uh, potentially describing this problem, and I knew there was some problem with it, and I finally got all of it fixed, so hopefully those emails are remedied too. And uh, yeah, just a shout out to everyone for being vocal and for taking the time of sending the email and reporting a bug, especially with screenshots, it's a huge help. Uh, just make the platform better every day. Uh, as far as new changes go, um, nothing new is in, just a bunch of bug fixes uh, for this week. Alright, so we're in the last episode of the uh, best trading, I don't remember what the title is, best trading tips for um, this size portfolio. Uh, I was originally going to have this be a 30k to 50k portfolio thing and then have the next episode be 100k. But what we're going to do today is talk about a portfolio size over 30k and then just briefly talk about 100k plus. Um, You've done a lot to get here. Uh, if you are starting out with 30 to 50K, this episode almost does not um, include you. Uh, this is for more of the person that's built up their 10K portfolio, slowly getting it up to 30 to 50K um, with through weekly deposits or um, you know through gains. But you know, of course, that's not expected. Uh, but more of just being responsible um, having a weekly deposit of money going to a portfolio so you can help with doubling down, you can help with just growing your portfolio so you can take on more premium for less risk. Um, and one of the best reasons why you need to start out with like say 30K plus is uh, position sizing. If you are consistently in you know 100% of your portfolio for one position, your entire trading, I'm not gonna say trading career, but your your entire experience in trading will always be susceptible to company news. And for that to make sense, it's as an example, imagine if you only have 10K and you slam like 9.3K of it uh, into a wheel or a cash secured put for AMD, now you're at the whim of AMD news. Your portfolio only goes up if uh, you own or if AMD does well. Um, needless to say, you probably have some money invested into your IRA, which will go up and down with general of the market, which is why you need to invest in your IRA first before going to your options portfolio. So you avoid or mitigate some of this risk of position sizing. But when you get near um, uh, 30K, now suddenly if you take that AMD example, you can write or you know, sell one cash secure put on AMD. And then if you do get assigned, which is highly possible, there's no such thing as not getting assigned when you sell options. It just, that's just not possible, right? Um, then you get in a scenario where once you get assigned, say AMD at 90 bucks because you sold the 90 put, uh, I wanted to start the wheel. Now you on upon assignment, you can instantly buy, um, say if, 
AMD gap down. You could buy AMD at 89, another 100 shares. And then you can sell two cover calls right away. Say AMD continues going down to 85, you can buy another 100 shares and sell, start selling three cover calls. Yes, you are still in a position where you're still 100% invested into AMD, but you can see why it's so advantageous that you ha when you have more money and you use position sizing to your advantage, that even in good scenarios slash bad scenarios where you get assigned stock at a lower value, that you can further increase your advantage by just buying more, right? This can also be dangerous if you don't fundamentally believe in the company or the company is bad or if the company reports doesn't report well or if you don't, um, you know, organize your risk in a way um, where, you know, if just say for example for that AMD scenario, it, because AMD has earnings this week, you would not want to probably double, triple down on AMD prior to earnings. That just sounds like a recipe for disaster, even though they could do well and have earnings prop up, you might as well just have your original position be susceptible to that risk. And because you have the 20K left over, say for example, you wrote just one bad 90 put, then you have 20K um, after AMD, say, you know, they don't do well during earnings, you have 20K to unload and to break down your, or to lower your break even by quite a good amount. Um, if say for example, AMD were to crush it and semis go up, your losing position now suddenly turns into a winning position and you have the choice to unload that 20K in capital for maybe another wheel. Maybe you wanna turn that, um, you wanna turn some of the, the 20K into premium or you know buy some more AMD or, and this is the most important part, you can choose to play something else so you're not just based solely on uh, AMD news. So that's the entire premise of having more money is that with more money, and I can, I can already tell some people might be listening to this and being like, well, Junie, uh, I've tried not being poor, but it's hard. <laughs> um, you just have to slowly get there, right? I've mentioned in previous episodes that it's not you to go from 5K to 30K with just gains because that would actually take you forever. Like, and it wouldn't be easy or fun. Uh, maybe it would be for fun if you had like a lot of money and 5k was like your you know learning account like that could be a pretty fun challenge for like the hardcore people but realistically if you wanted to start making or start managing your own money and actually trying to make some decent income to beat the market um, you're better off putting in a weekly deposit from and getting your 5k to a 30k portfolio and then always just having that extra money there to uh, increase again your advantage for when you have a red position so in the previous episodes I've also talked about your max loss and keeping that and or you know adjusting it appropriately as you get more and more comfortable with options I said that for me what worked under a 5k portfolio is having a $100 max loss having a large quantity of trades to learn how prices move but you know as I got into my 10k or 15k portfolio, then I start increasing my max loss to 400, uh, so that I rake in about $100 in premium. I do a 50% trigger, receiving like $50 per trade, um, and just because I'm risking more, my probability of profit is just a little bit better, and I was able to get a really firm grasp on how options worked and how you know intrinsic value worked, especially within the money and out the money for spreads. And it was just a really good time. When you get up to 30k. 
you kind of alleviate your pressure to play spreads and now you can start venturing into uh, naked options. But let me preface this with a disclaimer saying naked options are extremely dangerous. It doesn't matter like if someone tells you, hey, just sell the naked put and you'll be fine as long as you get the capital. It's, if you don't know what that means, but you do it, it's still equally as dangerous because you, there's a lot of places where you can potentially mess up. Maybe you fat finger it, you accidentally sell a call, but you just never realize it because you, you thought, oh, this person just said sell a puts and you just do it wrong. You need to make sure you understand what your UI looks like, you know, how your taste works looks like, what your Robin Hood looks like, and you need to make sure that you're doing it appropriately. Because I'd imagine, you know, since you had a smaller account before, you grew this into this bigger one, your first few naked trades are gonna be a little weird, a little wonky. Like you're not gonna know exactly what's going on. It's just, it would be helpful if you absolutely made sure. Uh, that includes, you know, hitting up a friend that like, understands this really well and just double checking with them um you know reddit is really helpful for that type of stuff too um but just make it or not make it try to take responsibility in that and making sure that you open it uh appropriately um so that being said going into naked options with 30k there are a lot of really cool companies that you could wheel that give you a good decent amount of premium that um you know excuses you of the pressure of having to sell spreads because when you sell a spread and you lose you lose money which is not a good feeling and it's it's just a little bit more risk than i like to take right now um, but that's not to say that doesn't work either i'm just saying that once you get up to 30k you're finally breaching that um you know you're you're turning the corner in like your options trading world where you can start doing the res very responsible things that bring you in some decent income that might not beat spy unless you start really min maxing your system and we'll go a little bit into that about with maybe profit triggers in another episode down the road like i'll revisit the episode i'm pretty sure i've talked about it before um but you're now able to not sweat about positions if you do it appropriately um Say for example, what is I'm gonna keep? I'm not gonna stop recording. Um, Microsoft stock. So Microsoft right now is trading at 225, or let's just round it up to 226. Um, for 22,000, basically 22,000 uh, dollars, you can open up a Microsoft uh, uh, cash secured put, and that leaves you with 8k left over to do whatever you want, but I probably suggest just keeping in cash, you know, in case if something goes wrong, so we go through a, a downturn. But that will bring you a sizable amount of premium in per whatever your date to expiration choice is. You know, everyone has their own choice. I like 21 days, um, you know, for covered calls, it gets a little bit shorter because I don't like being in the red for too long on those. But you'll find all that out as you start doing these trades more because these types of trades are on a lot longer than say a spread uh, because typically when you're red on this position you let it go to expiry i also advise you let spreads go to expiry but you know uh just being a newer younger or you know less experienced trader when you have a smaller account and you just start trading spreads you are probably closing spreads for a loss too early but this is an entirely new experience for you and um, just having uh, 8K on the side as you take a losing position, like say, for example, you sold the Microsoft put and it went red and you got assigned, having that 8K around will help you eventually as you continue with your weekly deposits. Um, that said, if it goes successfully, 
um, your cash secured put. Um, this just goes into receiving more premium because you put 22K up for risk and you can have that premium compound by buying shares with that or you know keeping in cash for again you always be prepared for a market downturn um there's just nothing that can protect you from it really besides just being ultra responsible but that's not very realistic advice either um it's just saying like oh you should always keep uh 50 of your portfolio not invested is not the best advice right like it's People make a killing having their portfolio 100% invested. Some people get got by doing that as well. But it's really up to you. I just want to make sure that you understand that you have the power to do whatever you want as long as you understand like what the risk-reward ratio is. Like, Take it on yourself to find out, like, hey, you know, if I am 100% invested in this stock and the stock market goes down, will I feel sad? probably but will i feel better than if i had buying calls with that so you know maybe if you bought calls right you'd want 50 percent of your portfolio to stay free so you could double down on calls if you needed to that could end up really bad but that's just one example or you can have 100 percent of your portfolio invested in a stock and then you know continue with weekly deposits and buy and lower your break evens go down that way um or you could also just have a mix of both, right? Because you don't want to be just tied to one strategy, um, though I am probably a good example of a person that's tied to only one strategy because it's just what's worked for me and continues to work for me for this year. Um, and it's just finding out why you do things and not leaving it up to someone else's opinion. Just make sure you understand where your risk-reward ratio stands and uh, if you're going to be okay in case of a market downturn. Because if you, and this, this I'll, I'll stop talking about this really. Um, if you, after this last point, <laughs> if you prepare and you envision that there's going to be a market downturn, but you, know, you don't buy puts, you don't like predict it that way. But if you just think to yourself, just for a quick moment, if the market went down 50%, and if you prepared for that in a way where you set aside money or you accept the fact right then and there, then any other outcome is infinitely better, right? Like if you just took, for example, looked at, opened up your Robinhood, opened up your Tastyworks, you look at your portfolio and you look at everything that you're currently invested in. If everything took like a 20, 20 to 30% haircut, would you be okay? And if you would be okay because you're continuing to put in your weekly deposit, then any other outcome is way, way better. And I think that's a very helpful exercise that has helped me during the 2018 October, you know, interest rates being raised crash. That was really scary, but I did it during that time too. Uh, I did it during COVID, especially during the rally of COVID. Everyone was saying, oh, we're gonna do a double bottom for sure. Like that's, that's everyone is gonna just be waiting for that. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna wait and buy at the bottom. I'm gonna min max. And that never happened, right? You just need to understand where your max loss is and once you start understanding what that max loss is, you just start trading a lot more comfortably because every single outcome, again, is infinitely better. Okay, lastly, um, because we're not gonna have another episode in the series, if you listen to all three episodes in this series about the portfolio size and you know the best you know, trading style for each, uh, congrats. Hopefully this prepares you for when your account, you know, inevitably, how the heck do you pronounce that thing? Inevitably, inevitably, 
inevitably inevitably goes up <laughs> I, i'm keeping that in i'm keeping that in um you know eventually when your portfolio goes up hopefully you're prepared um and just want to make a quick note for portfolios that are above uh 100k when you when you get there um you start thinking about you know wheeling um nvidia like 50k stocks because you have 50k available for a double down um you start maybe potentially opening up like two apple wheels at once uh, because that's 40k in capital and you would have 60k left over there's just a difference of changing in quantities of how you trade and uh, just making sure that you understand when you start buying options again just say for example like um, you reach 100k you've traded responsibly all the way to get there um, and you start thinking you know what I'm gonna start buying 1% lottos. I'm gonna spend $1,000 for a call here. I'm gonna spend $1,000 for a call there. The rules of your profit increasing or your profit loss increasing doesn't change. So what I'm saying is if you do a $1,000 lotto, that for example is 1% of your portfolio, you have to take into consideration how many short naked puts or you know cash secure puts that you need to write to break even. For example, if you receive $400 for a short naked put for a, like say for a one week expiry, then you need to win five of those, which is gonna take five weeks to make up the game, or to make up for the loss that you took on the $1,000 uh, lotto. So just having more money does not mean you should take on more risk. You should continue doing um, like what's worked for you and that is just some anecdotal advice that I can give you. Something that I think I can chalk up my, you know, P&L for 2020 and why it was just so much better than, you know, my 2019 is that I didn't change a thing. Like I didn't deviate um, beyond maybe buying uh, a call here and there uh, near the end of 2020 just because I was so up. But just making sure that you don't get distracted because all it takes is for you to lose one play that's maybe like only 10%. Like for example, like you know, you start reading the Wall Street bets uh, posts that say, oh, you know, just if you put in 10K, it could change your life, and that's only 10% of your portfolio. Would you risk 10% to change your life? And just going by like past experience, that stuff kind of spoke to me. I was like, you know what, that makes sense, 10% for a play that could change my life, I'm down. I'm going to do that. Um, that was, of course, when I had less money, so that 10% wasn't like 10K. But like, you can imagine that that type of post, you know, after you haven't seen it for a while, maybe reigniting some of the bad uh, habits that you might have had before. So um, beyond just being more responsible, being more aware of like scenarios like that, I can't really give it good examples on what to do past 100K because th this past 2020 is my first time being over 100K, um, hovering at 150 right now, trying to just make my way to having a nice house for a nice good down payment and then going from there. Um, and it's good to have a goal too, right? Like if you trade and trade and trade and you don't know what you're aspiring to what you're saving up for and especially if you don't spend your money 
um, then what's it all for, right? Like, if you know it's for retirement, that's great. Then you know you're not going to touch it. But you owe it to yourself, too, to take some of it out to enjoy um, some of your gains. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to you're not gonna appreciate it. Say for example, you, you know, after hearing this podcast, take out like $100 from your portfolio and go and buy yourself the best dinner you possibly can. I'm talking about just you, not your girlfriend, not your boyfriend, just just you buy a really nice dinner and maybe uh, buy something nice on Amazon and have it shipped to you the next day or something. That will put into perspective again, like how much money $100 really is because sometimes I lose sight of that, I feel, because I don't withdraw from my portfolio like at all. But I do like giving advice I don't follow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just some wholesome advice for people. I know a few members in our um, Discord uh, took out money to help move for the house, so that's cool. Or like taking out money to for for a kid. Or uh, in chat we have here Tom helping someone uh, <laughs> someone <laughs> helping his kid open a Roth IRA, so that's cool. Um, just all around good stuff and just keeping trading wholesome is also a good thing but i'm sure you guys and girls um heard heard me say that too many times already uh i think that's it so that's it for my portfolio size series um yeah i just want to give a quick shout out to some people that are in the chat can i see the people are in here yeah i want to give a shout out to arms legs and arms legs hands feet big ray big cortana blunder Boken, Canada Jeebus, Donut Smuggler, Let's Do This, Paul Dude, Slow Motion, Sultan Slide, Taz, Tom Hollins, Vital Sign. Um, I think this is the third week, second week of me recording live on the stream. It's it's fun. I think it's more fun when I don't plan for it. I think I enjoy not having the stress of planning for a stream. Because Tuesdays are still kind of... Not not stressful, but they they still get me nervous, right? Like I know when I wake up Tuesday morning and I got a stream later, I know like okay, I gotta make sure work goes really well that I'm not stressed. I don't bring that energy into my stream. <laughs> it's just the whole entire thing. Um, also, just a reminder, and before we go into the outro, because I know a lot of people hop off for the before the outro, but if you want to send a, a thoughtful email or again bug reports and stuff, you can. Email me at juni at theatergang.com. Uh, I do read everything, but I do not re- promise to reply to everything just because there's so many emails in here. Um, but like today, uh, just giving proof that, yes, I do read uh, all of them. Uh, and this one just spoke out to me just a little bit more than the others for this week. They, I had like a pretty bad day Wednesday and Thursday. It was like, but we'll talk about that later in the outro. <laughs> That about wraps up the podcast. You can follow me at Twitch at Real Theta Gang. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. That's Theta Gang, one word, all caps. Um, let me pull up the patrons list here. 
Um, as I do this, we're still sold out of Patreon seats. So I apologize to anyone that wants to join. Um, seats usually open up near the end of the month. But uh, just going to name them down here. Uh, we got Majajir, Just Win, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZN, Miko, Steve Ounce, Yemosin, PFM, DJ Mac, Pacro, Boot, Mitch Bailey 7, HSN IV, Craig Thomas, CJ Wilson, Multi Matt UMC, Statistically Random, Tom Thomas, BK Trade, Big Potato, WHH 4000, Island Bell, Wheaton, Lick, Nah, Lur, Cheese, Maltman, Chivanis, NM, M Hayden, La Little, MBK, LHN 1028. Menno Dum Dum, Grandpa 95, Casino, Leo Jetson, Johnny Five, Fancy Wolf, Bisu, Nat, Nate River, Just Send It, Murph Q, Norfish, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Dissentious, S- Saltwater Cure, Lord Skeletor, Laser Reservist, The Gesture, Krispy Kreme Boy, Hermes Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, and Ensis 88. Nice. That's super sick. Okay. So that that's, wraps it up. Um, just a, uh, I guess a review on what's been happening in my personal life uh big rate oh thank you for the sub nice that is super sick and that's two months in a row um work has been kind of stressful but i think work is always kind of stressful right um i'm a big proponent in keeping work fun but i'm also not talking about theta gang either i'm talking about like my real life job i'm a software engineer there um been kind of stressful uh, I'm usually the happy-go-lucky dude when it comes to, like, at my real job job. Um, and that kind of got drained this week. Hopefully looking at a less stressful week next week and then um, carrying that momentum into Theta Gang stuff. Um, I've been getting into electronics, um, so that's cool. Like, I'm trying to build an underwater camera that has a live feed to a receiver on a monitor so that I can see fish uh, in the water uh, before I fish the spot. Um, I've been playing Escape from Tarkov, which is a really intense, hardcore, like, I don't want to call it an MMO, but it has a lot of RPG elements to it. Um, like, you can train up skills and stuff, but if you die, you, like, lose all your all your gear, which I think, because uh, I love playing hardcore on Diablo, so that's that when i found out this game existed i was like dang this is super sick um what else what else um my girlfriend got into her residency um i think that's what it's called it's like uh where you go for your like your specialty after going to dental school so that's that's a huge congrats to her i can't imagine going that far academically that seems really crazy and a big commitment so that's commendable (laughs) <laughs> commendable <laughs> um what else what else um tastyworks is getting uh acquired by some other company i think overseas so we're gonna see what comes of that um i hope nothing really changes uh brand wise because i like their branding it could be a little bit more modern um, but I'm assuming they acquired Tastyworks to enable options for more than just the U.S. and Australia. Um, I know that Tastyworks was bringing a platform to Canada, but we'll see what happens under the new leadership of the acquisition. Uh, and we'll also see if there's just the acquisition in general goes through. Um, what else? 
I think that's it. It's raining here. It's kind of gloomy. So I thought, hey, why don't I fire up the podcast and record on a gloomy day? Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this. Sh- <laughs> not end the stream. I'm going to still talk on the stream, but I'm going to end this episode. Thank you to everyone on Twitch for tuning in. Um, and thank you for the fans that are listening on this podcast right now. Uh, just have an awesome trading week. And uh, yeah, remember to not force plays either. But I think I'll talk about that later. Like, uh, there, you don't have to open up a trade every day. And I think I want to leave up leave the episode with that. Bye.